The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. You are listening to the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. This week we are talking about the top five, what I would call undervalued, I wouldn't say sleeper, but the top five undervalued wide receivers for fantasy football. Um, I also have, with respect to uh, to the players that I'm talking about, I always pull in some of the lines from BavadaSportsBook.com uh, just because I like gambling. I like gambling. What, what can I tell you? It's great. Um, you know, also I should let people know, it's the Fantasy Football Almanac Show. The book is out for editing. I'm hoping it's going to be up next weekend around June 1st, June 2nd. We'll see. I'm kind of at the uh, the mercy a little bit of the editing process. We'll see how that goes. But uh, I'm on schedule to publish. I'll let you all know when that book's going to be out. Always look for it before Father's Day because it's always the least expensive at the start of the season. And you get those free updates all off-season long, and honestly, I give you the waiver wire and the updates during the season as well. We have support staff. That's completely free as well, so you can get day-to-day um, interaction with me and uh, and my support team, and that's all included as long as you buy the book and, uh, and send in the promo code, so it's really good stuff. But let's let me dig in. I'm going to do my five favorite sleeper, okay, not sleeper, but undervalued wide receivers. I can't call them sleepers because some of these guys are at the top of the draft, but uh, I'm going to start with one at the top of the draft. A guy that's been slipping, I don't totally get it, Stefan Diggs. Um, fantasy pros, if you look at the consensus ranking, the last time I checked in, he was number 17. Now, I completely disagree with this, and I've been seeing this in a few of my different shows. I got, you know, the Get Paid podcast. I got the Functional Sportsaholic podcast. I got the Pick 6, all this stuff. You know, whenever I talk about the Bills and whenever I'm talking about statistical outlay uh, and the wide receiver group for the Buffalo Bills, which is obviously very good, and they added to uh, to the pass-catching uh, group there with uh, Kincaid in the draft. When we talk about Stephon Diggs, he started the first 10 to 12 games last year completely on fire, kind of like Nick Chubb in the running game for Cleveland. Stephon Diggs was that version at a wide receiver. But then he kind of disappeared when it came to the end of the season, um, the NFL playoffs. He wasn't hugely impactful. Uh, certainly, certainly the fantasy football playoffs, he wasn't impactful. And because of those last like five or six weeks of the season, um, I think people got down on him. And I completely disagree with this. Now, the reason I disagree with this is everybody who I guess has been following me for a while knows, you know, I get the ticket. I have, you know, a bunch of TVs going on. Um, by the end of the week, I watch all the games. Um, I, I actually watch them. I don't just look at the stat line. If you look at the stat line, you might say, oh, gosh, Stephon Diggs, he's falling off a cliff. He didn't age overnight, everybody. Okay, so it's possible that he might have had a nagging injury. I don't believe that's it. What I do think is it. As Josh Allen against the New York Jets, the second game that they played the New York Jets, towards the end of the game, he hyperextended his elbow and he was hurt. Now, Josh Allen didn't miss any time, but he was not right for the rest of the year. His accuracy was off. He just is not the same Josh Allen. The Buffalo Bills didn't off, you know, all of a sudden, you know, go from exceptional, awesome offense to above average offense or, you know, mediocre offense maybe at the end of the year. They just... I, Josh Allen, his elbow hurt on his throwing arm, right? Uh, Matt Stafford, two years ago, won a Super Bowl. Lights out. Couldn't miss a receiver. Last year coming into the season, we, we were talking about, hey, is he going to need elbow surgery? Look, when you have an elbow injury, it impacts you. Brock Purdy, um, okay, it was a little bit more of an injury. But Brock Purdy, right? He's, he's going to miss training camp probably, or at least a couple of weeks of it. 
Elbow injuries on the throwing arm matters. So you look at the, the you know that injury, and I think it was underreported because Josh Allen toughed it out and he played out the rest of the season. He was not 100% on his throwing arm. So yeah, Stephon Diggs, he's gonna, he's, his productivity is going to draw back. I think Stephon Diggs is going to be every bit as good this year as he was for the first couple of weeks last year. Josh Allen, you know, they say you know he didn't perform well in the playoffs. The dude was hurt. His arm, he had a hyperextended elbow. Right when I have a hyperextended elbow, I, I struggle typing. He's playing NFL football with a hyperextended elbow, where you need peak accuracy 50 yards down the field. It's going to impact you. Stephon Diggs, he is way underrated. Now he's being drafted in the middle of the second round if you're in a 12-team league. Towards the end of the second round, if you're in a uh, in a 10-team league, I'll say this, okay? Especially in PPR formats, if you can get Stephon Diggs in the second round, I don't care if you're picking 10 and 11. Okay, I don't care if you're picking 12 and 13. Make Stephon Diggs your second round pick. He's way undervalued there. Stephon Diggs, take him to the bank this year in the second round. Give me a break in the second round. Uh, oh, by the way, the Buffalo Bills, according to Bavada, plus 900 to win the Super Bowl. That's the that's the third best in the league, and I think that's about where you want, right? You got the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Eagles are up there. I can't remember who's number two offhand, but um, you know the Buffalo Bills at number three. I think that's uh, that's very good, and the, the Bengals should be up there as well. I think those are the class of the NFL. I, I give you five teams right now: the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, um, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, San Francisco 49ers, and the Philadelphia Eagles. Right, those are those are obviously the best five teams in the league. Uh, there, there's always going to be some other people making noise. Those are the five that I think should obviously be. You know, if you're if you're making futures bets, those are the ones that you want to put money on. All right, number uh, two on my list. Right, this isn't really in rank order either, but I'll just say number two on my list: Cortland Sutton. Now, last year he was super hyped. Right, the Denver Broncos. Everybody thought that they were going. To, I didn't think they were going to Super Bowl, but everybody was like, "Oh, Russell Wilson's coming in there." Cortland Sutton. I, I did fall for this. I thought Cortland Sutton was going to catch like twelve touchdown passes and, and be a, be a monster. That didn't really pan out. Um, I blame a little bit of Russell Wilson. I think his attitude and and the way he carried himself in Denver. I think that was the wrong thing. Um, I'm not a big fan of secluded quarterback offices in the team facilities. I'm not a big fan of bringing my own guy and work by myself if you're the quarterback. Um, and that's what Russell Wilson did. But if you're a Broncos fan, I'm, I'm not really hitting him too hard on this. Tom Brady used to do the same thing. He won Super Bowls all the time. So uh, I, I don't know about the office, but the personal trainer and all that stuff. Uh, now, Cortland Sutton, he was a bummer, uh, but I think with Sean Payton coming in, you know, you could you could argue that it'll be Jerry Judy. I argue it's Cortland Sutton. I still think he's going to be the guy uh, in Denver, and they added uh, Mims, I think, in the second round or third round or something like that. Um, he'll be interesting. Patrick is coming back, uh, but ultimately, this entire offense is going to be better. Russell Wilson, I believe he was the most important part of this Broncos franchise last year coming in with the big contract. He had more power than Nathaniel Hackett, first-time head coach. Sean Payton doesn't give a crap about Russell Wilson. His resume speaks for itself. Russell Wilson will have to be accountable to Payton, or they'll just get rid of him at some point. I mean, Payton, Payton is the kind of coach where if Wilson isn't playing well and the backup quarterback's good enough, he'll bench Wilson. Uh, Hackett, there was no chance Hackett was ever even going to dream of benching Wilson. So you have to have a quarterback, you know, with some cachet um, when you have a, a, I'm sorry, you have to have a head coach with some cachet when you have a quarterback as good and, and as storied, I guess, as Russell Wilson's career has been. Uh, and Peyton is that guy. So I think there'll be more balance. There'll be more accountability. This entire offense is going to be better as a result of it. Um, so there you go. Cortland Sutton, number 86 in Fantasy Pros. I have him ranked, whenever I see that and I have a good projection on somebody, I always rank them about around 
um, I'm sorry, a round and a half to two rounds higher so that you have the option to grab him before anybody else starts trying to you know get that same idea. I think Cortland Sutton is one of these guys when you're talking about the seventh, eighth round, ninth round maybe depending on how many leagues are on your team. He's a guy that you're going to add on your team because he's going to be a definitely a weekly flex option. I'm not going to say he's a weekly. I, I do think he is going to be a weekly flex, but certainly you want somebody that you feel good about starting at least half of the season, depending on matchup. And Cortland Sutton is that guy in the 8th, ninth round, 10th round maybe. Um, by the way, the Denver Broncos are, according to Bavada Plus, 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. I'm not going to take them. I think that division's too tough. I think Denver's the third best team. I think the the Chargers and the Chiefs are better, and the the Raiders aren't going to be bad this year either. Uh, Thirty five hundred is tied for thirteenth in terms of you know odds, so they're right in that top you know maybe half the league, but not quite like in the top ten. That's probably about where I would put uh, Denver as well. Let's see here, number three on my list, third guy, Adam Thielen. Now, I thought Thielen was going to be better last year in Minnesota. The new offense really just catered around to throwing the ball every other throw to Justin Jefferson, and I don't blame them for that. And uh, given the record of the Minnesota Vikings, I don't think anybody can blame them for that. But Adam Thielen, he's moved over to the Carolina Panthers this year. Um, I think it's a good spot for him because the Panthers don't really have any world beaters at wide receiver. They traded uh, DJ Moore over to Chicago as part of that draft uh, pick deal, the number one pick. Um you know, they have DJ Chark is really the other guy on the outside. I also like, I think they got Mingo, but uh, the rookie wide receiver there, I think he could make some noise as well. But I think Adam Thielen is going to be the most consistent guy on this roster, which means especially in PPR formats, I think he's going to eat up catches. He's always great in the red zone. He can always get um, open in the end zone. So it really comes down to, you know, can Bryce Young get him the ball well, he's a rookie quarterback. I'm not going to say Bryce you know, Young is going to come in the league and throw 30 touchdowns, but you know, I think 25 touchdowns is reasonable, and I think Adam Thielen can probably take a third of those touchdowns, You know, even if he gets six touchdowns, like a fourth of the touchdowns at a 25-touchdown projection. He's still going to be pretty good. So I like Adam Thielen. I think he'll get you good yardage. I think he'll get you good receptions, and I think he'll get you reasonable touchdowns. For me, that means that he is a reasonable flex option. Right, I think Cortland Sutton is really realistically going to be one of your your better flexes throughout the year. I think Adam Thielen is a guy that pads your bench, and he can probably play depending on matchup and by weeks and all that. He probably play for you maybe a third of the season, like five games, six games, somewhere around there. And that's not bad value considering he's currently being taken around pick one thirty one. If that's a twelve team league, you're in around thirteen at this point. If you're in a ten team league, um, wait, did I get that right? No, I did not. You're in around 11 if you're in a 12-team league. In a, in a 12 in a 10-team league, you're in around 13. So if you're looking for a bottom bench guy, wide receiver, I mean, he's probably going to be the top-scoring wide receiver for a team that is going to be vastly improved throwing the ball. Um, that's that's too low for him. The average draft position of 131, I'm going to have him higher in my rankings. So there you go. Oh, the Carolina Panthers with Ricky quarterback and, uh, and a new head coach. There's going to be some flux. It's not surprising. They're at the 24th ranked, basically, uh, in terms of Super Bowl projection. The Carolina Panthers, according to Bavada, plus 6,500 to win the Super Bowl. Next guy on my list, Christian Watson. If you followed me last year, you knew I was touting Christian Watson. I kept watching him. The only thing keeping Christian Watson away from blowing up was Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. They had so many injuries in Green Bay. There was a point where they had no other choice than to throw the ball to Christian Watson, and he got three touchdowns. 
He is next level in terms of speed. He doesn't have the quickness of a Tyreek Hill, but he has better sprinter speed than really anybody, or as good, if not better, than anybody in the NFL. Tyreek Hill is your top speed, and he's also like a little bit of a water bug, if you know that analogy. He just like bounces around. Um, Tyreek Hill is like like a Madden player. You just... He's a computer freak. He's he's somebody that changes direction and doesn't lose speed when he changes direction. So I put him in a class by himself. But other than that, if you're talking about physical specimens, there's not anybody else that I would say is as physically gifted. I would still say Justin Jefferson and um, and uh, Chase are probably the, uh, the the top two next guys. Cooper Cup, obviously, if you're talking about fantasy, he's not a physical specimen, but he always gets open. But Christian Watson has that that level of playmaker ability that I could see him being a top three wide receiver um, when he gets things going. Now, the drawback is Green Bay. Obviously, they don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, but I would argue that's not that bad for Christian Watson because Aaron Rodgers is already trying to to throw the ball to Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb every chance he got. He only threw to... to um, to Watson every now and then on a gadget play, you know, maybe these end arounds, they'd run them and all that stuff. Jordan Love's going to throw the ball to Christian Watson more. When Jordan Love played last year, Christian Watson got a nice long touchdown. Um, Watson is a guy that can catch a crossing route and just outrun everybody. Um, you know, obviously we got to get the injuries under control a little bit, but Watson is a guy, even with Rogers gone, I think could take a leap and be maybe a top 20 fantasy player this year. So when you're telling me that, uh, Christian Watson is currently being taken at number 65 in average draft position, I think that's a value. I have him somewhere around 50 on my board and I have a little bit of a better projection on him than that. He's a guy that if you're in a 10 team league and he's going in the seventh round, the middle of the seventh round. I, I would pop on him in the fifth round because I want that big playmaker ability. Yeah, I know you're betting a little bit on, on uh, Jordan Love, but I'm not betting on Jordan Love. I'm betting on Christian Watson to elevate Jordan Love's game, not the other way around. I like him. I'm going to keep him in my league. Um, I think he just has you know top top NFL wide receiver. If you're in a dynasty league, definitely take him. I don't care about the quarterback. They'll get they'll get that figured out if Love isn't the answer. And even if Love is just an average guy throwing one to two touchdowns a week, Watson is still going to eat up yards and receptions. So there you go. Green Bay, meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers is gone, so it's different these days, right? Uh, the Green Bay, according to Bavaz, is plus 500 to win the Super Bowl, and. Um, I'm sorry, not 500, 5,000. That's uh, tied for 17th. So we're in the back half of the league. I think they should probably be in the front half of the league. It, it, you know, the, the defense isn't bad. The skill players are good for uh, for Green Bay. Uh, they just kind of retooled and, and added uh, players to that uh, to that organization as well in terms of skill. I like what they did in the draft there with the tight ends and the wide receivers. Um, obviously, the running backs are fantastic. They need to get better on the offensive line, more consistent. Uh, but you know, a lot of a lot of a lot of the last couple of years as the Packers, they've just been waiting on Aaron Rodgers to do everything for them. Um, it's a new deal. I think there's going to be more accountability. I'm big on accountability. If you can't tell, uh, there's a there's more accountability across all the Packers players. And Jordan Love, everybody, he could throw 25 touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be have a great touchdown to interception ratio, but he could throw 25 touchdowns. I mean, this is a 17 game schedule. That's reasonable. I think Christian Watson can get eight touchdowns. I mean, he's a he's He's a freak, man. He can jump. He can run. He can he can catch. Sometimes he can catch. But uh, yeah, he's going to be very good, Christian Watson. Last guy on my list, number five, Donovan Peoples Jones, DPJ. Uh, so I 
I love this projection, and I know that they got Elijah, Elijah Moore, the Cleveland Browns, um, so there is a little bit of risk here. But when Deshaun Watson took over the quarterback, that offense changed, right? Nick Chubb was scoring like a, a touchdown and a half a game. Deshaun Watson comes in. Suddenly, Deshaun Watson's running for touchdowns. I think he and Nick Chubb had the same amount of touch, rushing touchdowns by the time Watson took over at quarterback for the last like, seven games of the season. And I think it was like one, one or two for the both of them. Um, Deshaun Watson's going to have the ball in his hands on the goal line. That's just what's going to happen, everybody. Now, Nick Chubb, what, what they should do is just run the offense through Nick Chubb, period. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, also, when Deshaun Watson took over, Amari Cooper obviously was was having a you know great statistical output. Peoples Jones was getting a lot of targets and a lot of receptions. So he was already becoming an, a bankable flex commodity in, um, in, in PPR formats. And if you were watching the games, and I was watching Watson, um, he was rusty. He just missed Donovan Peoples Jones like four times. Peoples Jones could have four more touchdowns just in the in the last seven games. He just missed it, and it kept happening. And I kept I kept hoping that they would continue to miss each other <laughs> at the end of the season because I wanted Donovan Peoples Jones to be a sleeper this year, and I got my wish. So, Fantasy Pros, the average draft position for Donovan Peoples Jones is one thirty four. One thirty four. Again, if you're in a twelve team league, that's round eleven. If you're in a ten team league, that's in the middle of round thirteen. Um. No, that's in the middle of round 14. I apologize. It's 134. So I, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think this Cleveland offense is going to be good. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot more passing touchdowns than there have been historically. Um, you know, these passing touchdowns aren't going to go to Kareem Hunt anymore. You know, it's going to go to Amari Cooper. It's going to go to Eli Moore. It's going to be going to uh, to DPJ. Um, they got, uh, who is it, Tillman they drafted. They got Njoku as well at uh, tight end. There's going to be a lot of pass catchers um, to give. This Browns offense, is, it's going to be it's going to be really good. Peoples-Jones, I, I don't know if he's going to clear 1,000 yards, but he has that ability. Um, I like him as a physical presence on the field, and, uh, and I think he's at that value, 14th round, you're taking flyers on guys that might be flex options. He's a guy that I would prioritize late in the draft if you're kind of thin at wide receiver. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, meanwhile, according to Bavada, plus 3,500 to win the Super Bowl. Once again, that's tied for 13th, same odds as the Denver Broncos. So there you go. There are my five um, wide receivers. Keep an eye out for the Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide available on Amazon.com. Like I said, before Father's Day, it's always on a deep discount. So buy it. It's the cheapest. And you can always sign up for the free updates. You actually get more value the earlier in the season you buy. So just go ahead and do that. Um, I will check you out on another episode soon, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. 